When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To another episode of Creators Outlet this evening with our special guest Frankie B. Washington from Kaiju's and Cowboys. Hey, first hey. off, hey, first hey. off, I gotta say, man, that intro is insane. <laughs> I was over here like, oh my god, I'm like, wow, that was a block party going on. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, right on, man. <laughs> well done. Mwah, that was beautiful. Yeah, uh, a guy that goes by File13 on uh, yep. on Twitter, or X as it is now. All right. Um, hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. He did. Uh, he did that bump for me, yep. and he did a new intro for for Boomer. All right, that, and, that that's just amazing. Kudos to him, man. Unbelievable. That oh, gets yeah, you, that gets your that gets your head thumping, man. You're like, oh, all right, all right. Here we go, player. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. So, uh, tell us what's going on in the world of Kaiju's and Cowboys. Oh. I mean, I know because I just read book two. <laughs> now I'm for book three, but we got to do the right. campaign first. So sure. All right. So the campaign's going on right now. We have a Kickstarter campaign for issue three, and issue three um, is just a continuation. Um, the way we've been, the way well, Matthew, my my um, other cohort, uh, he's the writer. So technically, um, 
Matthew is, is doing a, a technique, a form of writing um, that we haven't seen since the Bronze Age, where we're doing an extended sort of sense of story, just going along with the story, and, and which, you know, each book is like another, you know, one little piece, you add another piece, and then it builds and builds and builds until we finally reach that, the golden 12 issues. So all, so technically the story just going on. We've already, I think in issue two, we've already um, introduced Doc, who is B-Win's uh, friend, new friend, who's a medical bot, and then they just go on and, and continue their journey. Yes, yes, oh, you got you got it, yeah. I got my patch. It looks good, yeah, we got the patch right over here too, yeah, right on. And so, and so the story just continues, where we're gonna be introduced to some more hunter bots, and then as well as more kajus. Nice, yeah. I, uh... I got. I went a little on that last page. Yeah, of issue two, I was like, "Damn." <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, yeah, I got it right here. Oh yes, yes. Oh yeah. There you go. The last page right there. Yeah, we don't want to give out too many spoilers. Oh, uh, not too much. But I mean, the thing about it is, um, I could look at the artwork in this, and already, I'm I'm going to be working on issue seven. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so I got, right now, what's funny, the weird thing is that I'm actually working on two projects that start with the letters K and C. One is Codgers and Cowboys, and the other one is King Cryptid, issue six. Nice. So, it's, it's, it, it's just insane. I don't know if the universe is just playing this weird kind of thing, but it's like, all right, dude, you're going to be doing cryptids, and you're going to do Codgers. So, yeah, so I'm going to be working on issue seven for Codgers and Cowboys, and then issue six for King Cryptid. Nice. Isn't that weird? That's just a strange thing. Well, so, but you, I, can't, you can't abbreviate today. Work on KC from on, on your camera direction, like exactly. Which one? Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like the, the cool thing about it is that um, it, it's it's fun just seeing the response to the story because we're, we're getting more stuff out now to people, yeah. and, um, and I'm and I'm super excited. And today, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, I my birthday is going to be on Thursday. So uh, that, that day off, that's my, my day off and everything. I'm turning 53, and I was just, I said, man, I just want us to get up to 2,000. If we get over 2,000, that'd be a fantastic birthday gift. And we did. We got up to 2,000 today. Awesome. And uh, happy early birthday. Yep. And on Thursday, you will officially catch up to me. Right. All right. Fantastic. So what are you, 53 well, too? I'm 53 now, but All right. uh, I, will, I will sneak ahead a little bit. Uh, <laughs> In late November, when I hit 54. Oh, boy. So, wow. You got me by, what was it, 1969? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy, man. I mean, it's, it's wild because it's like, it's that point. I don't know if it happened to you, but when I turned 50, I just thought I had this weird epiphany where I was like, I, I want to, you know, I started just thinking about my life much more, more in a sense of, I want to leave something. I just want something where people remember. Frankie B. Washington did this. I mean, I did Robot God Akamatsu. That was back in 2012 and 2013, but that was, I consider that incomplete um, and stuff. So this time around with Cockers and Cowboys, I'm like, I don't want to, I want this to keep going as far as we could take it. And so that, I want something so that some kid out there could have the same kind of feeling I had when I saw Herb Trimpey and Doug Munich work on uh, Shogun Warriors and Godzilla. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's a lot to ask the universe, but that's really kind of like in my heart, man. That's the thing that's keeping me going, the passion and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, seeing that stuff, and uh, you know, reliving your childhood with shows that they have they have out now, like the toys that made us, and yep, they need to do the comics that made us next because 
Well, well, just like you, you just brought up a good point, because this campaign is a lot different than our previous one. We're trying something totally different. Yeah, I saw the unboxing. I was like, oh yeah, it was a horrible unboxing too. I said because I was so excited, I didn't change out the uh, the razor that I had in there, and I was like, oh Frank, I was just so excited to get it. And so we have the um, stand, and here's the stand, and then you have the actual figure. Nice. And this is a dope Pope exclusive. Dope Pope is a well-known, like, he, he does a lot of creature designs and stuff like that. And he's just an old friend from my past. And he kind of was like, hey, Frank, I really like what you're doing. Um, can we do something? Let me see if I can get this closer so people can see the detail. There you go. And I said, sure. <laughs> and so this is the first one. We actually have somebody who actually pulled the trigger and went for that reward tier. So we do have one of these figures going out. The idea is that we're hoping that we can get a few more out there so it can justify us making more of them because we mm -hmm. want to do the, the kajus. We want to do kajus as well. He's, I know Dope Pope is itching. He is itching to do a kaju. Uh, and so hopefully for, you know, for our next campaign that's going to be in April uh, next year, 2024, we could you know, maybe have something, have something planned for that or, or for the August one of 2024, either way. But, but again, we need to know from people whether or not they, they, they'll be willing to get this. Now, this is eight inches, eight inches tall, like on the platform. So it's a pretty tall figure, good-sized figure. Um, it's made of a high resin. Um, uh, so he says, I'm not, I'm not a connoisseur of uh, toy making and stuff. So I, I sort of was, it, you know, sort of plugging, going after um, Dope Hope to tell me pretty much a lot about it. And he said, yeah, it's a pretty, I'm, I've been, you know, handling it and stuff it's a really sturdy character and stuff and we really want people just to paint you know have fun with it paint it and then post it you're gonna you're gonna find out exactly what type of resident is before you before you buy paints to do it because you can't just use any paint on it yet. well yeah he suggested almost like acrylic he was acrylic, like, almost yeah. like an acrylic and stuff that was his his suggestion but again yeah, that, that's that's, that's good what that you that's what that. you got to use to uh like if you if you're getting like miniature gaming yeah games they they print it out in that same they print out the figures in the same resin because it's cheaper for them to do it and yep. it's, it, you know quicker because they'll have probably like you know 100 machines going doing the well doing the like thing, all the figures i've tried to constantly tell people look me and matthew are comic book guys we're, we're comic book guys period so that in itself you take that part of it that's a major operation right there just producing the product and putting oh, the yeah. product out there so the thing is, is that this right here is an experiment. It's a huge experiment. And, um, and I'm glad that somebody jumped for it. So, you know, hopefully if we can get a few more people, then it's a good justification to be like, okay, people want this. Now we can go ahead and try to move ahead on other stuff. Now we are doing these um, on a thing called figure on demand. So again, once the person goes for the award tier, then we'll put the order in and then we can put the order out to the, um, to the people who can end up making you the figure. And these figures will be shipped separately from the actual books so you're getting books as well so those two reward tiers you get the figure you get the uh title card art which i did one side of it let me see if you can sorry about that oh nice so i did one side of it with the character and then this was the other side oh that's cool yeah dope pope dope pope did the that that's his did, did, you know the the side that he did with the character but then i did the inside internal workings nice so you get that, and then you also get like one, two, and three as well. So you're getting some stuff. You're definitely getting some stuff with it, but that other stuff will be shipped before this is shipped to you. 
and we definitely stay in contact with you to make sure oh, that you yeah. get it and stuff. Yeah. So there you go. We were, we're definitely going down different avenues. Another big avenue for us is that we signed with a uh, RPG game company, indie RPG game company called Gallant Night Games. Nice. Um, they, you know, I had done some work with them years ago. And so we were talking, and then they were like, oh, wow, you got this thing, huh, Frank? Codgers and Cowboys. I was like, yeah. And he was like, wow, you know, have you, you know, think about, thought of it like maybe a game? And I said, we didn't think about it, but let's talk. And so we, we got into a meeting, all of us, and um, they said, cool. We, we like the ideas that they, that they were coming up with and stuff. And so uh, we're looking at 2024 to have that nice. out as well. And um and it and some of the characters um we're gonna have like the main character B Win Hunter by B Win and possibly Doc but then we're gonna create new characters for the game. Cool. So so that's another extension on it. So there's a lot of things, there's a lot of moving pieces that are going on. But the key thing for me and Matthew is that we must maintain our full function on developing the book, the comic. That because yeah. that's without without the comic, none of this stuff has no. That's that's the foundation technically. It's like the tree. Yeah. And the other stuff is just branches, sort of branching off of it. And we just see what happens. Yeah, it's like you just you just planted another tree. It's going to take a while for that one to grow. Sure. But while that's growing, you get all the rich history and the rings of this one growing exactly. up. Exactly. The comic book is always going to be the most important thing. Um, I know for both of us, it's like, again, we, we, we have a story. We want to tell a story. And then we have other stories. I actually told somebody, I said, the Codgers and Cowboys story right now is I guess we're borrowing a little bit of what George Lucas did with Star Wars, where the Star Wars, the first three Star Wars movies that came out, that's technically Catchers and Cowboys. And then we have a prequel segment that is Team KS-1. You know, Team KS-1, we did one story that popped up, and it came out on Wednesday, and then we kept the other stories, and then we end up releasing those stories in the, I think the book. I don't know. You did the April campaign, right? I I've, I've done all the campaigns. You did all of them. So did you? Were you able? Did you get this? Oh no! You, are you getting this? You're getting this book, right? Um, because no. we had we had to go back for a print. So maybe. Yeah. I, when you when you guys were originally going with the with the publisher. Before you split ways, there yeah. was a there was that original campaign. I got the book from that. That was and a zero. I, that was a zero issue. Yeah. That, yes. That's, okay. That I got the zero issue, and yep. I've got one and two. One and two. So what happened was during the April campaign, and we'll have to probably I'll have to probably talk to Matthew then just to make sure. But we had a we had a, a segment where we said if we got over three thousand, then we were offering um, this the Team KS One comic. And so it had like the first story that we did um, inside. The first story that we did, it, it came out on Wednesday, but then we had the other three stories that we never published. Oh, okay. and what? And then what happened was um, Matthew got the print back uh, from the printers. Had, got our copies back from the printer, and they just it just was wrong. It was like it was very you know you can't see it really good, but it's super light. It's much more lighter than it should have been. So we had to contact the printer and then say, hey, look, um, we got to get some new uh, copies. So yeah, we got to definitely check on that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, because. I'm like, I don't have an I don't have an era book. What the hell? <laughs> Team KS one. Okay, yeah, let's just check just to make sure because I know it was for um, some folks who got a certain who did a certain reward tier. Yeah. So we just got to just check back on that and stuff, and we could do that for you, no problem. Now, uh, before we jump into the campaign, you were just up at Plastic City Comic Con. Yep. 
how how was the reception up there? Uh, be, be, besides the uh, the cheesecake card, I saw you drawing on the video that you put up. Cheesecake card. Oh, it was fantastic. It was like the thing about it is that you know um, uh, Keith came out said what's up to what's up to me and stuff. I saw Amy. I've known them for years. I mean, I went to the very first show that Plastic City Comic Con ran, and it was out of a v, VFW, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, there's that level of there is a sense of loyalty and stuff with that, where it's like he's an old friend and stuff, and and it, the, the vibe on that place was amazing. It was a much bigger spot, um, cleaner, nice cleaner spot and stuff like that. Um, I was across from Larry Stroman, <laughs> got to talk to him, connect with him for a little bit and stuff, and so, yeah, it was a great vibe. I went to uh, they didn't have one this year, but like the last couple of years, somebody had done a like the VFW kind of show in Fall River. Okay. And my girlfriend and I, it was her first show. My girlfriend and I went, uh, so she got to meet Tim. Okay. I saw the picture of you guys. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And I'm like, Tim looks taller when I'm sitting in my chair. I don't know why. Tim, I I have one of his uh, sour grape characters. He gave me one of his sour grape uh, characters. You're talking about who does sour grapes, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there you go, yeah. Um, it was, it was cool because I got to meet Larry Stroman there yep. and Keith at the same show, but yep. not Plastic City. Yep. Um, I bought all the issues of mascots he had at the time. Yep. Uh, well, not multiple copies cause you can only read one. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Unless but, you're a hardcore collector, man. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was, he was doing a deal at his table. Yeah. Um, like the first, the first six books, mm-hmm. $10 signed. I'm like. Yeah, boom. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, another another guy we, we personally know, Mike Doherty, was right next to uh, oh, yeah. Larry Doherty. Stroman. Yep. So I, I bought I bought some, uh, I bought a couple of, like, really cool prints that, that Mike had done. Joker nice. stuff, of course. Nice. And he did, a, he did a really awesome mock-up that I haven't hung up yet that's like a Hot Wheels card. Sure. With the 66 Batmobile. Oh, nice, nice. And and now Hot Wheels has released like most of all the '66 vehicles. Yeah. So now when I hang nice. that one up, I gotta like thumbtack all these vehicles. Yeah. All I think I think it was kind of tough for some people because this time around, people have always known that I've done more like a lot of fan art, yeah. and I just didn't have a lot of fan art this time. I had I kind of was like really pumping Kaisers and Cowboys, and you know, but but was what was I think they liked it in a certain degree because they, I, I explained my situation. I said, look, I said, you know, I. I just don't want to be remembered as one of the many multitude of fan art artists. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like if you're a youngster and you're just trying to, you know, find your way and stuff, and you, I think that's great to do fan art. I really do. I think it's a great way to sort of get your feet out there, show people what your work is, whatever. But I'm at this stage in my life where I really want to be known by the work that I've done, my own personal, something that I can be like, I did that. Yeah. You know, and I and I was honest with people. I said, "Look, Godzilla doesn't need my help. The Transformers don't need my help." You know, I said they don't, they, they already are legacy IPs and stuff like that. So they really don't need me to, to sort of be their hype person or whatever. Mm-hmm. Codgers and Cowboys needs me because it's an infant IP. It's still I'm st- we're still nurturing it. We're still watering it and making sure that this thing can grow. So I'd rather devote my energies toward that. Now, on the other side of that. 
it's like I, you know, if somebody wants a commission, of course, you know, like I, like I got that final commission that came in and was like, hey, can you do Monstar? <laughs> but so, and I was like, I'm not gonna say no to that. <laughs> I just couldn't because it's like it's rare. Like when you get when I get stuff like that, I mean, you know, it's oh, I, yeah. I I don't think I've ever. This is my first time ever drawing Monstar from the Silverhawks. Well, I mean, come on, you just yeah. gotta do it. It's like two of my two of my favorite things are big giant monsters and robots. And yes. you want to pay me to draw big giant monsters and robots? Yes, yes. I think that, it's a I, yes. That was my dream. I mean, yeah, honestly, Jake, here we go. <laughs> that was my dream. It was just to be able to, you know, the, the stuff that I was reading or watching and anime. I was like, I want to do that. You know, I love oh, superheroes. Yeah. I love superheroes. Of course, I love them. I love fantasy. I love horror. But something about just something about giant robots, people operating them, and then they're going against these kajus. And not just see to me, it's not just dumb kajus or anything like that. I'm talking about intelligent kajus that have their own personalities and stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. we kind of saw that in Pacific Rim. You saw a little bit of yeah. it where they had their own kind of personality and stuff like that, or they coordinate attacks. I love that stuff. The only th They're so close to almost getting them to talk. If they can get them to talk, then it's like, oh, dude, now you're like Bazinga Z level, where it's like the monster's like, oh, I freaking hate you, human. I'm going to kill you, that kind of thing. Like, yeah. So... I don't think we're going to be doing that at Kaijus and Cowboys anytime soon, but you never know. Well, unless the Kaiju starts talking, it sounded like Stewie from Family Guy. Oh, jeez. Then I'm going to, like, spit soda out my nose and get up and walk out of the... Well, I yeah. roll out of the theater. I can't actually get up and walk. Oh, man. <laughs> Ouch. Rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> so, um... One of my favorite movies, and I love it even more because you could watch it for free on YouTube. Okay. Even though there's some links now because it's a 40th anniversary. All right. That they want you to pay for it. I'm like, I own like six copies of this movie. Okay. I have the metal tin of it uh, from a few years back uh, signed by a couple of voice actors. and. Uh, All right. I'm intrigued. Okay. Frank Vizetta, Ralph Bakshi, Fire and Ice. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's a classic. 40th anniversary. Yeah. They released a game on Kickstarter. They released a game? A game what kind of game? RPG? It's dual. You can either play oh, video RPG. Game. There's RPG, rules for okay. RPG. Okay. Or you can play as like a board game. Oh, wow. So it's like dual playing. So like if you're playing with like your, your little... With your kids or your nieces and nephews, yeah, yeah. you can play like the board game version, and when they go to bed, y'all can play the real version. I it's so funny because it's like when I when we signed with Gallant Night Games and stuff, I was like, you know, I told him I said the guy Alan who runs it and stuff. I said Alan, I said, I said I've worked on RPG games in the past. I worked for a couple of companies. You know, I have books, I have um, source books with my artwork in it. And I'm like, but I said, I never really played them, but I just, you know, they hired me as an artist. So as an artist, I come in and I'll draw dragons or weapons and stuff like that. I didn't, it was fun. And so he was like, and at this point he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, Frank. He's like, he said, well, you know, he said, I can't wait to start on Kaiser Cowboys. And I, and he was like, well, but he said, right now we're going to get ready for Gen Con. And I was like, Gen Con, what's that? He said, it's a pretty big thing. So he, yeah, he ended up going down there. He went down to Gen Con, had two tables there. And, you know, and he and he does really well with his games and stuff. He's been in the business for a long time. And so I, I decided somebody from Facebook and stuff invited me onto this Gen Con, like, 
you know, group and stuff. He's like, oh, we saw you out there and whatever. You're talking about that you guys are going to be doing something with, with, you know, Gallant Night Games. And so I went in there, and I I had no idea how big RPG Games is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's exciting. It's almost like I'm like, wow, I can't wait to when, you know, they're going to start. I think Alan and Matthew are going to start working on a story. Well, definitely after this campaign ends. So it's going to look like maybe September or October when they start really starting to get into the story, trying to figure out. I think he already has the mechanics in mind of how it's going to play and stuff, and it just got to start, you know, working out that stuff and working the story. But I mean, it's just it's amazing, and so I'm like, this is this is a great way to sort of bridge that that world between the comic books and any RPG. Oh yeah, that's what I'm hoping. That's my dream is that people get people who play the game play the um, the game will then also be like, oh, you know, I want to read the comics too. I think Gen Con is uh, like the second biggest gaming, like tabletop yeah. gaming con. Yeah. Around uh, PAX East, which is out here in Boston, and PAX. West. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard of PAX. Yeah, yeah. PAX East is ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. All their tickets usually sell out in like the first hour. Wow. And they're they're not cheap. Yeah. But I mean, like the uh, the gaming store I used to go to, uh, it's in uh, it's in it's in Taunton now. Okay. Oh no, Norton. It's in Norton. Right. They moved from Plainville to Norton to like a big, big plaza. Okay. And uh, they basically tear down like all their stores, load up all their trucks, and and set up. They they've got like they've usually got like a dozen tables. Wow. Yeah, that's what I heard. Like, like of a jingle. they have yeah. the tables like commit like a circle around them so they're like in a 3d environment so they got they divide half their people up on one side and half on the other side this just it just gets me pumped this is exciting i mean again you know what we're just we're we're just learning these things me and matthew just sitting there just you know we're we're working on the book but we're like wow this is this is a great little opening right there and so we'll see we'll see how it goes next year (laughs) yeah well i the only thing i don't like about games is Mm -hmm. they are so expensive now well everything I'm is. like but i feel the same way with with figures i see toys i'm dishing out the cash i see i see toy i see like figures i had a couple of people who, who know me and they're like hey frank you get this new figure and whatever i'm like no i said all my money's going into this codgers and cowboys it's like hey, me and matthew our funds go into whatever needs to get this thing going i'm like I'm living vicariously through you. You you buy the figure, you post it, and I look at it, and you know I have my moment. I have my my gleeful moment watching you. You know, thing. I said because that's the most important thing for me. And then, then you can take the picture and you can put it into a 3D filter, and it's like you have it, but didn't have to spend a dime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see. Actually, honestly, I want to see more figures like this. It's like it's funny when you start caring about your own IP. Mm-hmm. You really, it's like other figures, like I still care about them, but this has more impact now. Like seeing this. Yeah, because it's know, personal. It's personal. It's yeah. like some, it's something that, it's, 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 it's the basis of what Stan Lee and all those other guys, when I think about like the fact of going out there, we're all miners, like we're all digging and stuff right now, trying to find that nugget of gold and stuff. And like when you start seeing stuff being materializing, it's 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 mind blowing, man. Oh yeah. You know, I still it doesn't take away from my love for the Transformers or Godzilla or anything. It just really all it does is it just goes wow. But I got that too, you know. Mm-hmm. And and this is and and this is the path I was supposed to be. It's like is this what 
Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman felt when they were doing the Ninja Turtles. You know, it's just what Brian Polito and Stephen Hughes felt when they were doing Evil Ernie and Lady Death. You know, is this what they felt? It must be. The only difference is that we have the technology now. Yeah. Back then, those guys had to go. They literally had to physically go to shows. You know, how many shows were coming out during that time. But now it's like, I could be talking and reaching people from across the seas and yeah. stuff. And that's amazing. That's a great ability right now. And that We're getting people that's buying books, these books, and they're like in Germany or the UK or, you know, China or Japan. Who knows? It's just mind-blowing. You never know. In another campaign, you might be able to announce Kaijus and Cowboys. We're huge in Japan. That would be amazing. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm not going to say I would love to be able to say that. But again, one of the things that me and Matt, because the thing about it is that we communicate a lot. And that's what I love, because I think that's one of the things that, that, that you know, I suffered with with my previous thing with Robot God Akamasu. Communication is a key thing yeah. to maintain any kind of relationship. You have to be able to get on, get on the phone. You got to talk to people and stuff. And we've had hard conversations. You know, the hard, I always say, like, you know, if it's when I see people and they're trying to collaborate with someone, I'm like, well, have you guys had the hard conversations? Like financing and deadlines and production schedules and things. Mm -hmm. The things that aren't as colorful as, like, when you're sitting there drawing characters and, you know, and coming up with things outside your head to write. That's fun. That's the creative part. But also you got to have the real, the real talk where it's like, okay, uh, marketing, promotion, who's going to do this, who's going to do that, what is your strength, what is your weakness, those kind of things. And we have those, we have those talks and stuff. And it's really helped us so that we know that this is what I'm good at and this is what I'm good at, this is what I'm comfortable doing, this is what I'm comfortable doing, you know, so we're able to bounce it off back and forth. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, Ten-year-old me is jumping around like a, in a trampoline park in the back of my head it's a game, it's a game, it's a game, it's a game. Yep. Because I, I did pull the trigger, uh, like, the first day I saw the campaign for Fire and Ice. Okay. Uh, it was $75. I go, yeah, and you did it. I go, that's not too bad, because the year before, uh, Cryptozoic, who does, like, a lot of stuff for DC, yep. uh, released just about everybody's favorite Batman story. Wow. Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns as an RPG. Wow. And it's a huge box. I haven't opened it because then I know I'm going to get stupid and try to paint them. Oh. And I don't have the... Mm -mm. Well, I, I did that back in the 80s. Uh, we had gotten into like the, uh, the, the role-playing games for like Marvel and DC back then. And when, uh, when, when Marv Wolfman and uh, George Perez came out with had relaunched the Teen Titans into the new Teen Titans in the Baxter mm -hmm. edition, where they did that big story with Trigon. Yep. Uh, they were partnered with Mayfair Games, and they released a set that uh, Wild Time Comics had up on the shelf that I bought, and it looked it looked like a Sherwin Williams store vomited on these pieces when I was done with them. Wow. Uh, oh. But it was it was all the Titans. Yep. Uh, along with. Uh, like a larger size Trigon yep. and a Deathstroke. And I didn't care what they looked like. I just had a blast playing with them. See, as I'm listening to you, and I'm just I'm just hearing you explain everything and the, the, the excitement, the exuberance that you have, I'm like, I want, I want this to have that same experience. I want somebody who, who's one of our writers 
to one day be able to be like, I, I want to get that game that's part of this. Mm-hmm. I want that same exuberance. Like, that's, I'm looking at you, and you're just like, your eyes are just like, you're just like, yeah, man. You're excited. You're pumped. You, yeah, you, 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 you pulled the trigger, and you got it, man. And I'm like, that's the thing. When, I, when me and Matthew talk, I'm like, I want to build that for this, that sense mm-hmm. of some investment. Like, you've invested in it. You you've invested into fire and ice, and you 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 know, and you're like, I'm gonna get that. I dude, I totally get it. This is what it's about. This is what it is truly, truly about. Having oh, someone yeah. who's like investing into what you're doing, and they're like, you know what? That's seventy five bucks, but I'm I'm going for it. I gotta get it. I gotta have it. And I and I'm I just, said, it's amazing. It's it's not as bad as the Dark Knight Returns game that cost me a hundred. It is fine. Hey, look, I, I'll be honest with you. I went for the. I have it like in a box, packed up. I went for the Spawn, the Spawn figure that Tom McFarlane came out. Remember, um, was it last year? Was it last year or the year before when he came out with that Spawn figure? Did that big campaign? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got that. I got I got the um I got the figure that looks just like this. He's the same kind of. I'm a big fan of like unfinished color stuff. So I got the black and white Spawn figure. Yeah. I, I saw that and I went to the campaign. I'm like, can't do it. I'm, yeah, I pulled the trigger. You know. That's the thing. I pulled the trigger on that. I mean, I haven't when I when Spawn when he first had Todd Toys, I I jumped all over Spawn. I had so many figures at one point, and and then years later, I just kind of just lost it. I just got tired of them and whatever. But yeah. when that campaign came, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have I'm getting that Spawn figure. I said, I'm getting that figure. And then, especially when it was, like, unfinished, the, the black and white version, I said, yep, that's what I want. And I'll tell you, it, it came, he signed he signed the thing, he had a paper with it signed. It was beautiful. The box is beautiful. Everything's beautiful about it. Well, I, I ran across a video on uh, TikTok today mm-hmm. that has uh, Tommy Hool from uh, World at War Comics. I just had him on yep. my show not, not oh, yeah, too yeah. long ago. Yeah. And he loves McFarlane. Yeah. Uh, and I guess... Todd auctioned off all his banners from oh, his wow. setup at San Diego. Oh, wow. And it was like hours and hours of people bidding online yep. for stuff. Uh, and knowing Tommy, he probably spent close to a G. Yeah. Because yeah. of the stuff he got. But he won, uh, Todd did that book. In, in like the late 90s called Haunt. Yes, I remember that. Yep. Look, look like the uh, the white Cinnabite. Yep. The black and white one. Yeah. Um, I bought it for a couple, you know, for like the first like six months or something. Sure. And it was good. Uh, so he had like this big silk banner, signed it right across his forehead. Todd Father wow. McFarlane. Uh, wow. He also uh, sent him spawn the album like the vinyl oh wow album like they're colored they're pieces of colored vinyl yeah uh, the only one he took out was was like red yeah um so there's like three albums inside the jacket he signed the he signed the outer album art yeah uh it was for the movie and then he signed every sleeve that wow. was in there he's a uh, hardcore collector man if you spent over three hundred dollars he sent you the gold foil recent edition of Batman and Spawn. Oh, wow. And he, he, he signed, everything he got was signed. Uh, and then, as a bonus uh, thank you, he sent him like a half dozen random different Spawn books from new Spawn to like older Spawn. Yeah. 
all well, signed. He, yeah, well, I mean, he's notorious for that that sense of like he believes in the fans. He, you know, he lo- he loved connecting with the fans. I think that over the years, see, out of all those guys that did the whole image thing, I've always admired Todd. I thought yeah. that Todd was very his his approach was very adult. Now, sure, he made some some missteps. I mean, I think that whole thing with Neil Gaiman. That that mess, whatever, with creating character, that was that was just a massive just misstep. But mm-hmm. leading up to all that stuff, him having taught toys, him just focusing on Spawn to make it as best as he wanted to, and everything. I I've always held on to that. Like I love that he was just like, this is my character. I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna do toys for it, and then I'm gonna build a you. Like he, it's like that's what how, how I see Cowboys and Cowboys. Focus on your books. And then build something slowly with it, organically. And 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 I and I've always admired him for it. And look at him; he's still doing Spawn. Plus, he's doing other stuff now. Now he's doing like DC characters and stuff. I mean, he's he's got the contract for DC. He's yeah. He's got the contract for like, you know, Mortal Kombat yeah. and big uh, bucks, man. Big dude, bucks. Like <clears throat> all these all these other IPs. Like yeah, we want you to make all our toys. Yeah, but he but he set the standard. I mean, with his yeah. sculpted that sculpted look and stuff. Oh man, he set the standard. That's just, ah, uh, it's, it's just insane. And you can't just buy one Mortal Kombat figure because if there's just one character oh, you like geez. in Mortal Kombat, yeah, you have to get the regular figure and then you have to get the bloodied edition. <laughs> hey, like I, my feeling right now is that I feel that the indie comic book. The people right now, all those creators and stuff, we're in a great place right now. Oh, yeah. Where we have a chance where we can truly, truly grow. And I think that we can eventually, we, we're probably going to see out of whatever. I don't even know. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's somebody else or whatever. But I think in this mass group of people that are putting out uh, new comic books, we're going to be seeing the next generation of, say, a Mortal Kombat. Or, say, mm-hmm. or like a uh, Spawn. Or something. I think that that's every generation. It has to be that way. I think that it happened. What in the sixties when 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 Marvel came back and they would start to you know get the build up on their stuff and whatever. I think there's just a massive wave, and I think right now we're in that wave. And so somebody in this group or whatever, they're gonna create something that's gonna be the next like boom. I can feel it. Like you know, it's right there in the air. It's right there. We just don't know what's gonna be. That's or that just, or be. That's or why we that. have to stalk. I mean, follow everybody. Yeah, you follow everybody. That's the thing. Because there's so much unique stuff. I mean, that's the great thing. Like, I remember growing up, it reminds me of, like, the days of when you actually went into an LCS or whatever, and you just, like, I remember going into, like, Newberry Comics on um, Newberry Street. I lived in Boston. We would go inside there, and there was all kind of comics. You know, you just go in and just like, boom, who's this? Well, Underground, you know, Outlaw. You know, although the outlaw stuff they kept a little bit like behind the counter. <laughs> I think yeah, I think Faust was considered outlaw, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, I remember seeing Faust. I remember that famous cover with Faust with the lady and she's like mm-hmm. looking blood on Yeah. I remember seeing like looking over the counter, I'm like, what's that? They're like, Yeah, these are these are the ones where, you know, you're yeah, not ready mm-hmm. for that kid. Yeah. But I remember but again, they had these books, you had all just a range of stuff. Black and white, big, large magazine size, uh, early manga stuff that I w- that I, I mm-hmm. came across. So I mean, you know, it, it was just a great time for things. And I think right now we're in a moment. This is a moment. And I'm telling oh, anybody sure, out there, yeah. if you're creative, your key thing is that you can be creative, but you also got to understand that this is also a business. So yeah. you got you have to come in with thinking that it's a business, and it, you have to get some level of discipline. You know, because regardless of what, the book has to come out. 
You know, that's the thing that people have to understand. Like, once you get people um, invested into what you're doing, now how do you keep it going? You know, you at least got to be able to tell people, look, like for us, we, 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 we've been telling people, screaming from the mountain, 12 issues. It's a 12-issue journey for Cognitive Cowboys right now, and we need to get to that 12 issues. And then from there, we'll take it to the next step. But if, you, but if we don't say that and we just end at 12 and then people go, well, we want more, then that would be a, you know, a disservice to what we're doing. Yeah. So we're making sure to already plant that seed already. If, at least a 12-issue run, and you have to make it there because Frankie's almost three-quarters of the way done drawing the book. So, <laughs> Well, that's the thing. The, what, that, you know, we've already seen the unfortunate, uh, the unfortunate thing uh, with people who aren't getting um, their books on time and stuff like that, and that was one of the big talks that we had about production. I, mm-hmm. I've worked in a professional uh, level of advertising, film, and animation. I understand production schedules, you know. You, you're given a certain amount of time, you get the job done, makes the client happy, <laughs> everybody's happy, you know. So to me, it's like we had to make sure that we already have a, a, enough product ahead of, ahead of it so that just in case anything happens, somebody gets sick or whatever, work gets too crazy, I can't really do stuff, that there's no sense of backlog. Yeah. So now we're scrambling. Now we're like doing a dance going, well, okay, let's contact everybody and tell them, okay, it's going to take you, uh, we're still working on some pages and whatever. We can't really tell you the time when we're going to get it done, but hopefully you'll still be there when we do get it done. And I I never want to be in that situation, ever. Yeah, I I always tell people the the one major downfall for indie comics is people are used to buying mainstream comics – Yep. From either online or at their local shops or, or what have you. Yeah. And uh, they used to be able to go in like every month and get oh, monthly, another yeah. adventure. Yeah. But it takes so long and um, there's so many creators that have to work that dreaded day job on top of working on their books. Yeah. That they 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 have a time crunch for like everything and it. Just knowing that has got to like wear you down tremendously. That's why you, you you're supposed to have a good production schedule. When I say production schedule, you shouldn't be even doing. Uh, me personally, we had already been working on issue zero and in one already, even before we first. I think the first campaign for issue zero came out. I had already done zero and one, and I was moving into issue two. Nice. So, I mean, the thing was that we, we, we have to be a step ahead, way ahead as possible. <laughs> you know? yeah. but, but what's great about it is that um, another thing that when I was talking with Matthew, I said, Matthew, I said, I, I, I grew up reading comic books and it was about the journey. It meant like somebody like, say like Mike Mignola, for instance, where mm-hmm. if you looked at Mike Mignola's early stuff, where, he at, where he's at with Hellboy does not even look like the stuff that he did before when he worked in oh, Marvel yeah. and stuff like that. So there's a journey. And many people who read those books saw the journey. And we go, man, yeah, I remember when he drew like this. And I, now you can tell these stories. So that's kind of like where my head is when I'm drawing. Because I can look at issue zero and I can see the subtle nuances of where I'm at now that I'm, I'm moving on to issue seven. Mm-hmm. Just in the drawing style, just in my approach of telling the story and stuff like that. And it'll just keep evolving. And stuff, and I hope that eventually, as people read it, they begin to catch the little nuances as well. Yeah, like uh, a couple weeks back on uh, on Boomer, 
Okay. I picked a book because uh, I've got like three quarters of a complete run of Mike Grell's original Warlord series. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, Warlord, yep. So I grabbed, I, I had like six annuals out of it. So I grabbed, I read the first annual and I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is awesome. Okay. Uh, and yes, I'm like, I didn't want to cheat and actually not read a book that week and sure. be like, well, yeah. let's, just do, let's do this book that I read two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so I picked, I picked issue five. Okay. And it turned out to be a, a blessing in disguise. Mike Grell didn't work on the book. He did the cover. It's oh, his wow. cover art. Okay. Um, Michael Fleischer wrote the story, and a very young, probably still teenage, Adam Kubert did all the oh, art. Oh, wow. Wow. Back in 1986. Oh, so, wow. So, like, before, like, broke that in and did 16. anything. Yeah, I yeah. was 16. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, he was probably still, like, in high school at that point, but That's because crazy. of who daddy was, yeah, it was like, you know, just like, I'm seeing, like, my daughter's artwork now. She's 15. I'm like, yeah. Did you draw that, or did you just like you know, color that on on the computer? And then she shows up where she's drawing this stuff on on old backing boards from my comics. Oh wow! And I'm like, oh. She's like, don't show it to anybody, Dad. I go, okay. So well, I won't I won't show it on the air. <laughs> well, well, you're bringing up a good point because I don't know. Have you heard of the Geek Gossip podcast? Yeah. Yeah, those two guys, the two boys, Jack and Artie. Yep. I d- I did a show with them on Saturday, and so they just they just I just they just put up online and stuff. And I have to tell you, I I was just blown away by these two young men. I, they came up to me on Plastic City, while well, I was at Plastic City, came up to the table mm-hmm. and they said, "Hey, how you doing? Um, we were wondering if you would come on our show." So I'm like, I'm like "Kids, I was like, sure, all right, you got a show and everything." And, and they were like, "Yeah, sure, come on." So I came on the show, and that was some of the most professional kind of like the way they just handled themselves was just it blew my mind to see these young people that are doing so i even told them i said i said first off you two are inspiring other kids to maybe do this kind of stuff mm-hmm. or just to be able to, to go for it but i said also another thing too is that the fact that when i was your age i, I me and my friends dreamt of doing something we didn't have the technology mm-hmm. at the time to do anything like that but i mean you're doing what we were dreaming of possibly doing, and I and it just, I, I just was absolutely blown away. I was like, this. It made me feel so good to see that the generation, that these young folks, are out there and they're doing so. Just like right now, I want to see more young folks, especially American, um, hopefully, embrace a little bit more of the American style of comic book form of drawing, yeah, illustration. Excuse me. Um, again, I'm. I, I love anime. I love manga. Um, but the thing about it is that I've been seeing a lot of, like, almost as if anime and manga manga are this high and American art is this low, kind of. And the thing about it is that it's, it, it's a disservice. And I know why. I know why that exists because of everything that happened with the 90s and then a lot of the kids were kind of pushed out and they kind of were forced into the hands of video games and forced mm-hmm. into the hands of manga and that kind of stuff. I get, I get all that, but this is a time for us who um, were raised or who grew up on the Bronze Age, the Bronze Age style of art, artistry, and stuff like that, and also writing, um, to sort of, you know, come back and show that that kind of art form still have a place. Like that's one of the reasons why I hand draw the sound effects. 
And I'm not the only one. There's other people out there that I'm starting oh, yeah. to see that are doing. I, 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 a buddy of mine is doing hand lettering. He does these videos where he does hand lettering and he's showing. And, and people are just losing their mind. Go, oh my God, wow, what's that? And it's like, yes, yeah, hand lettering right on the paper. We need to be able to show these kind of skills that, that we saw when we were growing up that this new generation can embrace. And hopefully they can look at it and go, okay, cool. You know, maybe use some of that new technology. Because, again, I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to hate on digital, but I still feel that, in a certain degree, there is some nuance to actually f doing stuff by hand. And the nuance is, is just the humanity of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you look at original pieces of artwork that have been hand-drawn on paper, you see those little mistakes. You see the errors. And, and that's what makes it even more special because you go, a human being drew this. You know, somebody physically was connected to that paper, to the pen, to the pencil, to the marker, to the watercolor, to the paint, what have you. And that they were physically connected with that paper. That, um, unfortunately, with digital, um, it is a tool. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's just, it's, it'll look beautiful, it'll look clean, it'll look crisp, but something is missing. You know, and I've, and everyone you know have seen digital art, they go, something's just missing. You know, as beautiful as it is, and I've seen some beautiful work of digital artwork. And so the thing is, is that, if anything, I don't want to see it get destroyed because it has its place, but I just want to see that other side of it where yeah. they're both, there's almost an equal balance, actually, of traditional and then digital as well. That's my whole point. Like, uh, a big thing is that I notice... Uh more on like fun my comic and uh and indiegogo mm -hmm. that those platforms have fans for the for the comic world at least yep. uh have a massive love for original art yes like they'll buy they'll buy like the actual art of covers or variant covers yeah. and pages and i'm like and now i'm getting hooked on it but i I can't afford most of it, but uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I have to admit, just to, sorry to cut you off, but I have to admit the last April campaign, my commissions went up with that campaign. Like people are buying commissions. Like I did a ton of artwork for that April campaign. A lot of people got original artwork on, you know, on this mm -hmm. and then on this. So, I mean, you know, I, I just think I just think that again. It's like um, I'm happy to see people buying original artwork. I think that it's important. I think that um, one of the things about it is that yeah, I, I think if you collect comic books, you should be having original artwork as well, because you just don't know what would happen. Oh, yeah. Just like hypothetically, what would happen if out of the blue, next year, um, suddenly word comes out, Kaji Cabo's got picked up by something big, and then you know what if what if what if lightning strikes twice and all of a sudden we come across somebody who has that same flavor, like, um, I can't think of the guy, Surge, they, he started Surge um, Properties. But the guy who, who helped the Ninja Turtles get to that licensing level, oh, things yeah. can happen. It just, that's how crazy comic books can be. Well, all of a sudden, somebody, a comic book comes out, and all of a sudden, someone, you know, next thing you know, it's ballooned up to something. So you just yeah, never know. So, yeah. You know, just, just like you got recontacted through, through your friend at the game company, and yeah. now you're... All of a sudden, you've got three issues. You've got three issues out: zero, one, and two. And now you've got an independent game company. And be like, yeah. I mean, it was all. So it, it, it literally contacted me. It was all about a job too. He was like, oh, Frank. He was like, 
He's like, I was wondering what your schedule is and such like, and now we're talking. I said, well, yeah, I'm right. I'm doing this and that and such and such. And then the the game thing popped up, and I said, let's let's. I said, let's see if we can get a meeting together and all three of us can talk about it and see how what sounds really good. And so I am excited about that. I mean, you know, I think I'll get more excited once we start working on it. Mm-hmm. Because right now, you know, we're just, you know, the focus now is really just getting through this campaign. You know, once we get through this campaign, which is the last campaign for the year. <laughs> so it's the last campaign for the year. We're done. We got, we did two campaigns. And um, and hopefully, and then I, I know we are. This one's going to be another successful one. And then we can sort of relax ourselves a little bit. But then we're going to be back at work. So we're going to be working on the, um, the game and then also working. I'll be working on issues and stuff. And Matthew as well writing so so it is exciting and thousands of commissions um yeah and and, and the commissions and stuff i'll be working on king cryptid as well yeah so so yeah it's just that you know you don't you don't want to not be drawing as an artist that's when when i when when i hear that it's like i don't think there's no artist out there who wants to be on that kind of vacation Mm. (laughs) that's not a happy vacation somebody i know always says keep the up flowing Unless, unless you're financially, if you're, if you're, if uh, this is not for those artists that are just financially well off and you don't need to work, then sure, you just, you just, hey, it's just another day and whatever. That's great. Well, like, I'm a if working your last artist. name is Frazetta or Ross, yeah, yeah, you can just chill the hell out. Well, but he earned his place, man. I yeah. mean, I, I tell you one thing. I remember when Alex Ross first entered the industry, and I knew. I remember sitting. I was in an agency. I was working in an agency, and I said. This dude is gonna dominate comics, and and cause I cause he worked at Leo Burnett, I think in Chicago, which was an ad agency, and I said what what Alex Ross is gonna do, he's gonna enter the comic book industry with the mentality of somebody who works in in advertising, and mm-hmm. works in the professional in the art industry world. He's gonna come in there with that mentality, and he's gonna dominate it. And I knew it, I knew it as soon as he once he started getting in there and he got his foot his feet in there, you could see the level of what the work he was doing. I mean, oh, to yeah. the point to the point where he just evolved. He evolved past doing like sequential pages. He just did covers, and then and then once he did the um, poster for the for the what was it the Oscars? I think it was for the Oscars. I was like, it's done. He's on such a level now that you know what he did stuff. I still got the TV guides that he did for the Superman show. Uh, the event, not Adventures of Lois and Clark. It was the one where the um, Tom Welling. Was that the, Smallville? Smallville. I still have the um, the TV guide with with he did the artwork on it. I mean, come on, he did TV guide, man. And I'm like, I I knew I said, cause cause us individuals, commercial illustrators that worked in the ad agency, we're coming with a different mentality. Um, definitely hardcore business. It's a, it's a mingle. Like I had a conversation at the Plastic City Comic Con with an old friend of mine who worked in advertising. He's also doing books and stuff. And he was like, Frank, he said. He said, you know the funny thing? He said, when we worked in advertising, he said, advertising is the perfect blending of business and art. Mm-hmm. It, it truly is, because it's something where we have an understanding that we're there, we do the artwork, we are paid well for it, the client makes their money off of it, everybody has an understanding of everything, so everyone's like, kumbaya, everyone's happy. There's a great understanding. We do oh, the yeah. job, then you know, once everybody's paid, we party good. That was always advertising. And they threw amazing parties. I've gone to some amazing parties. Had some great time. Comic books is, is an interesting kind of thing because um, I, don't, I don't know if there's ever been a sense of a structure of business 
in, in comic book publishing. I think it's been like we do comic books, but there's no. I think maybe when what's his name, probably when when he was running it, um, back in the Bronze Age, um, he started Valiant. Oh, Shooter. I think I think Jim Shooter. I think was it? Yeah, he was a young guy, right? When he first got in, right? Oh, he was a teenager. Yeah, he was a teenager. Yeah, I think Jim Shooter had a great sense of business. And I think that those years he really because once because once he started valuing his stuff, although I, I think I wish he could have had a little bit more business stuff, um, sort of thing that sort of help him and stuff, mm-hmm. and also with marketing and, and that kind of thing. But I've always seen that that's been a lacking in it in the sense of structure, because when you work in advertising, it is hardcore structure. It's like you are here, you have to understand what your skill set is. So that means you're, you're coming in with A B level game, you know maybe C. Like when I first entered. I was C game, and then I had to build up to B and A. But once you get to A and B level, that means that you function in a sense where somebody can come to art director or creative director and come to me and be like, Frank, I need this done. I need you know such and such time. Get it done. And that's it. And then I'm like, okay. And then I, I, it's like a machine. You go, okay, just give me the copyright script. Let me see what I'm doing. If I need, if I really need help, I can take, I can text them or I can call them up and be like, hey, I'm having a little snag right here. What do I do? And then they'll call. But everything is just efficient. Yeah. There's no like sense of like confusion. Somebody's like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. Blah 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 blah. None of that. It's just clear efficiency, so that no time is wasted to make sure that everything gets out and gets done. And comic books used to have somewhat of that because they were coming out. They were coming out monthly, mm-hmm. but then something happened. Something broke down in that machine, and then you start seeing books get later. You start seeing a sense of no longer were they interested in writing like prolonged storytelling, which meant that there was an investment with it. Where like you know the runs like Chris Claremont did, and John Byrne and guys like that. You start seeing that changing. They just things just started changing in a way that did not benefit the American comic book industry. Yeah. That's why that's why manga is so well. When I hear people talk about manga, I'm like, well, manga never changed their formula. They always maintain their formula, like cheap form of entertainment, newsprint, um, shonen, the mass of books and whatever. You know, <laughs> so people yeah, never it's, it's never changed. You know, it's it's like manga's been outselling Western comics for years. Yeah, and Marvel tries the uh, the lie technique of. That's why they keep rebooting stuff because they they know they're going to sell more number ones, but then they put reprint stuff in the back of the number one and they jack the price up to ten bucks. Yep. For like a fifty-page book, I but got you a, can buy a hundred-page yeah. any volume of of manga. Yeah. Is a hundred pages for ten bucks? Yeah. Yeah. And it, there's a lot, a lot of story in there. My do, my daughter's into it. She's drawing manga. Yeah. Um, she got me hooked on My Hero Academia. Yeah, but see again, that's that's one of those things where I'm happy to hear that, but then I'm sad too. Yeah, because what? So in a generation, what's going to happen once I'm dust and dreadlocks? Once I'm dust and dreadlocks, and any of those other people out there that still, uh, you know, are still holding to the heart of, of 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 all the old schoolers and stuff before us? Once we're gone, we're gone, man. That art form could literally be like gone, like literally any of that cross hatching. Um, the levels of storytelling, having like drawing out scenes and perspectives and things like that, that could all be gone in a generation. That's a sad thing to even think about. 
Yeah. I don't, I try not to really. That's why. That's what motivates me to keep on doing. Because I again, I think that there are some young folks out there that's that are embracing that old school form of drawing, where it's like drawing off scenes and and making sure the characters are you know this that the composition is on point and that the angles and that we see uh, city scenes and we can tell where a character is and those kind of things. That's important. And also, it's not always about trying to draw super hyper-realistic. You know, sometimes when we grew up on comic books, that stuff wasn't hyper-realistic, a lot of that stuff. A lot of that stuff was just, you know, characters that has you know, certain styles. And it was mm-hmm. really fun, and it was escapism. I don't want, I don't, sometimes, I don't want to see stuff that looks so real, that, it, that you know, I can look outside. Yeah. You know, it's whatever. I want to be able to look at something and just escape. Just like as I'm drawing that picture from Munstar, like, Characters like that, Munster, the Silverhawks, you know, uh, He-Man, you know, like characters that just, you know, far off world looking and stuff like that, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that hopefully we can keep this thing going so that at least some part of the generation will be like, yeah, you know, yeah, I want to, I'm going to draw that. Yeah. Like, you know, like Johnny Quest and the Herculoids. Johnny, exactly. Exactly. Galaxy Trio and stuff like that. Are we going to see a future Alex Toth? A Toth? God, I hope, I hope so. I hope so. But the, but the only way that's going to happen if people are out there that are, are still pushing it, people that mm-hmm. are in the trenches that are still drawing that kind of style, you know, so that these kids can have options. And that's all that's all I'm talking about. I just want to see kids with options. I'm not saying, I, you know, manga is not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's not, you know, it's, it's a horrible thing. I think it's fantastic. You know, there's a lot of mangas that I still have. Akira, I have um, a Battle Angel Alita, One Punch Man, I got a few. I'm looking at that. Attack on Titan. I got a few others. Uh, you know, Pluto. I mean, all these other ones that I definitely admire, those kind of art forms and stuff like that. But also, there has to be the option. Mm-hmm. And it should be American. should be just up there as well. Same as European style. Same as the UK style as well. All those styles should be open and available for uh, kids or any kind of artists out there. To be able to look at it and say, you know, I'm gonna try that kind of style. I, I myself am a huge fan, of, a fan of the UK style, that kind of gritty, heavy blacks, you know, stippling, whatever, cross hatching. I ugly kind of. I love that kind of stuff. I'm a fan of it. And speaking of traditional art, oh, here we go. <laughs> All right, 2000. Oh, we haven't moved yet. I think they're doing maintenance too. I think I saw a notice yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, whoops, where'd it go? I think they're doing maintenance, so it might be there might be the time where they're doing maintenance right now. Yeah, they're they're in a maintenance cycle. Oh that's okay. Well, we can talk about it. Well, I mean, we're at two thousand and um, our goal is three thousand and we're offering so people can catch up. We're gonna we have issue one. Sorry, issue one. And issue two, and one of the cool things about it is that after this campaign's over and, and we've done a fulfillment, which is which which is awesome because I think that we we stayed pretty good in that three month window. That was a very important thing for us because we were like we want to try to see if we can get stuff to people in that three month window. I think we're doing pretty good, and so after the three month window for this one for August, then we're gonna move to print on demand, and now the print on demand is gonna be they're not gonna look like this. These books, they're gonna look a little bit different because, you know, it's not fair. We don't want we don't want people who are who are um, backing our writers who are backing our campaigns to feel mm-hmm. like somehow because they got knees that somehow all of a sudden they start seeing the same thing popping up, 
on, you know, on, on, on um, Prince On Demand. So we've tweaked up the covers for Prince On Demand, and then also inside of them, they're going to say, like, these are Prince On Demand exclusive. Mm-hmm. So, so you're getting the first editions and stuff on these campaigns. Getting the first editions, you're probably getting a better paper stock. Um, it, it's, look at the th- the same. We we use Kablam. Oh yeah, I've, I've got a bunch we, of clubs. We we use Kablam, and, and the thing about it is that um, I'm I'm still in that mindset um, of when I got comic books, they were a cheap form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's where my mindset is. So again, we're not wealthy people. We are working um, people, and the thing is that it looks good. I think it looks good. I think that the paper quality is really good. Yeah, the that's, books that I've gotten that were printed yeah. by Kablam yeah. were, you know, just they're, as good as one that you would good. get off a campaign. Yeah, they're, they're, the they're only difference good. is yeah. uh, the only difference in a book that isn't print on demand from Kablam versus one that came off the the actual campaign is now you have an ad for Kablam on the book. Yeah, exactly. So that's it. And so, like, and so how do you yeah. tell if it's a second print? Or, you know, an exclusive print on demand. Well, yeah, you just change. So that's why, I, you know, we're changing the covers up and stuff and adding something onto it and stuff like that just to make sure that there's a little difference. I mean, I, I mean, there's that, that part of it where I, I think that many, unfortunately, many creators have, that have added an extra uh, pressure onto themselves in doing mm-hmm. the, these books. I mean, I, to me, I look at it where what is the most important thing? Is the most important thing to tell a story and, and, and have the artwork and tell the story with the book? Or is it having this luxurious thing that has, like, you know, you know, certain paper or a certain cover stock and all this stuff? What are the most important things? It's like a car, a vehicle. Do I need to be in a Lamborghini or can I just be in my Ford? What does the job? I, I'd rather just be in a Ford. So I could yeah, ne- I, I could never get in or out of a Lamborghini. So I mean, I mean, that's the thing. I think that that's one of the things about it where people have to ask themselves that that question because it's an important question, especially when you're on budget. Oh yeah. When you're on budget and when you're doing these crowdfundings and stuff like that, the thing about it is that you have to be realistic and you got to say, look, the most important thing for us is getting our story out and and getting it out to the people, to the readers, and then hopefully they'll come along for the ride. And so yeah. as time goes, if we do eventually build up and whatever, then sure. It'd be nice to do fun things or whatever. Like, you know, we you know, we, we wanna we're gonna be offering a variant cover. Not a lot. Only just one one variant cover and stuff on this new campaign that we that we're offering. And so again, we're trying to pace things out. And I'm trying not to lose my voice. I've been talking <laughs> for for on uh, different interviews, so I can feel a little bit, a little ting in my throat. I'm like, oh my god, I hope I'm not losing my voice. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, uh, it just just one of those things. Too too bad I went and refreshed the stupid page. Otherwise, we could have been looking at it. Ah, uh, that well, you know, we make do with what we can. You know, I think the yeah. thing about it is that, you know, I think that if anything, hopefully, it helps people to understand that doing comic books is not an easy thing. No, um, it, it takes a lot. We got to go out there. We got to first off, you got to talk about it. Um, people got. To feel that you're passionate about it, because then you know they, they want to feel like you're that you're committed to this thing. This whole experience, this whole process is about engagement and showing what we have, so that people can come in and join and join us on this journey, on this ride. Mm-hmm. And so you know that's that's all we can do. 
And 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 I told Matthew, I said, Matthew, I said, I I, I want to be as real as possible to people. I don't want to give people false illusions of like of things that 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 you know that we could try to offer whatever. I just say, hey, look, let's offer a great story to them, and then we'll build from there. Yeah, because the most important thing uh, down to brass tacks is getting yeah. your story, getting that book into as many people's hands as exactly. you can, exactly, so they can read it, and you know, and then you work off the fact that if they love it, yeah. they're going to tell a friend. And then you start to see your numbers slowly ramp up by the time you start getting towards the end of the the first 12 issues. I, I, I love organic growth. I think it's the best kind of growth. It's almost like we're the guys in the car with the cassettes trying to sell our cassettes. <laughs> and then somebody comes up and goes, well, you know what? You should probably put them on CDs. And it's like, yeah, but that process to do CDs is could be kind of costly. So, you know, we're just like, well, we're just going to try to do what we can with these cassettes until we eventually work our way up. And that's what it is. How many individuals had to sell their songs? Their well, back in the day, rap songs as well, out the back of their car, man, out of oh, box. Yeah. I knew cats like that. They were just like, "Here's my cassettes," and they would be out there, and they just say, "Hey, how you doing? You want to check this out? You want to listen to it, and whatever." Of course, they, some people didn't, you know, didn't want to listen to it, but but it's always those few people who are daring enough, curious enough to be like, you know what? I'll take a look at that, and they'll listen to it, and then they say, "Well, I like it. Okay, what else you got?" Oh yeah, I had a over the years a DJ, and I had lots of cats come into the club. Yep, yep. Like, there you go. You give this a spin. I'm like, I'll listen to it later on. Yeah. And if it's something that I think the girls will get up and dance to, and that yep. my boss won't beat my ass after work for sure. playing, sure, I'll, I'll you know I'll give it a spin. If people like it, they like it. I don't think everyone. I don't think anyone out there. Could ever say that trying to sell what you have is an easy thing. It is. It's, it's like it's a difficult thing to do. That's why you got to make sure that whatever you're doing, you better be passionate about. Oh yeah. 100%. Be passionate about it. Don't don't just do a flyby kind of thing. Like you see somebody's campaign and be like, oh, I got an idea, and then be like, you know, two weeks later, I'm gonna try to do my campaign. No, 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 no. You know, you're just you're just opening up something. You know, you're you're opening up the possibility of failure, and and it hurts. I don't know anybody when 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 something just fails, you just get this bad taste in your mouth, man. It's like, Mwah. I say, yeah. if you're truly passionate about it, then take the time. I say six months to a year. I would say that, like six months to a year. Make sure you got your your game plan down, and and how you're gonna go out here and try to get your marketing and promoting. And then once you feel like you're at a place where you're comfortable enough, pull the trigger. You know, yeah, find- it's you know, it's not easy, but it's it's 100 percent possible. Like yeah. it's it's easier than ever before. Yeah. If you want to make a comic book, to make a comic book. Yes. Although not everybody should make a comic book. Agreed. Just like everyone <laughs> you know? shouldn't be a singer, everyone shouldn't be an actor. I mean, I think that I think that's the great um, what is it the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. Because eventually, I mean, it, it, it comes down really to the fandom. Yeah. People got to like what you're putting out. I mean, that's just a hardcore reality. I don't know how else you can get around that. You know, if people genuinely did not dig Codgers and Cowboys, then, you know, I just feel like, okay, we, we got to fold it up. We tried. People aren't, aren't getting it. Okay, you got to do what you got to do. And just, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in that fine belief that my mindset where I'm like, 
Yeah, I'm not gonna beat no horse <laughs> that's dead. I ain't gonna be like, uh, uh, give me some more. Like, hey, it's dead, man. You gotta let it go. <laughs> so, but but the good thing is that people are showing interest for it. So that oh, yeah. makes me very happy. That inspires me. It gets the fire going, and um, you know, just see what happens. And what what's better than the fact that uh, your wife got your custom pop of the main character of the book? <laughs> uh Yes, I mean that. I mean that's a joy, man. I mean, again, those are those little things. Like, I mean, I have the, oh, they're on another wall, but I have little Lego figures. I got those mm-hmm. for myself. Just, I think for myself, I just wanted to get something just to see it because I think that it's kind of nice to have your stuff. Because I, I have other figures around me, and I look at all these figures, and I go, at one point, the people that created those were at the same place that we're at. Oh yeah. At, at one point, somebody was sitting there with this concept. And, you know, and they just say, I got this idea, and I'm going to go out there and put it out there and see what happens. Yeah. And so. Buddy Abrams did with the world's greatest superhero line when he yeah. took the company over from his dad back in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. I still have some originals. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, one day, I'm just like, could this happen? Could I have somebody who's part of that fandom that's like, I got the original Codgers and Cowboys, you know, the first thing here. I got this first, the first patch. You know, or whatever. I, I, I dream of that day, just to be able to look at that person, shake their hand or whatever, and be like, wow. Like, wow. You know? I, yeah. I dream of those moments. You know, not out of a sense of arrogance or anything, by no means. Just a humbling. It would be a humbling experience. You know, like I had a person at the last last year's uh, Plastic City Comic Con, I had a moment where I kind of I kind of lost it. I got kind of teary-eyed because... You know, I'm drawing, I'm in my mindset, drawing and stuff, and doing commissions at the show. And then this person came up and said, hey, excuse me, um, uh, uh, Frank, I think he called me Frank. I don't know if he called me Mr. Washington. He was like, Frank. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure, yeah, what's up, man, what's up? And, um, you know, I wasn't really looking at him. And he said, hey, would you mind signing a, a comic for me? And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And, you know, and I just turned at it, and he handed a comic book to me. And that comic book was Brothers in Arms. It was a comic book series that um, I was working with an old friend of mine named Chad Lewis, and um, it was done back in the 90s. And we only came to two books, and then our relationship went, <laughs> you know. Um, and so we only there was only two books that were done, and one of the books had a priest's face on it, and in the uh, second book, number two, had the priest, um, but turned into a demon and stuff. And... Uh, and that guy had the book in front of me. And it just, I, for one moment, just seeing that cover, it, a, a wall of emotion just hit oh, me. Oh, yeah. The fact of just, like, it brought back a rush of memories, the rush of just doing something, being at that moment when me and Chad had dreams and doing this, this, this series and, and how also it just, it just failed. It just broke down. And then the fact that this guy still had this book and he was bringing his book to me now to sign i mean i knows who i am oh my god it just i don't just just the fact that something that i did out in the wilderness came home Mm -hmm. i think that's i think that's what impacted me the most that that feeling like and i and i wonder if many of those other artists like same thing when i've you know met herb trimpy a couple of times and came up to him and told him how much he impacted me like is that what he felt when i came up to him some kid just uh, you know some young man coming up saying hey man I saw what you did, and that inspired me to become an artist. 
You know, I don't. It's like he, you know, what do you do with that? You just kind of. It's just a well of emotion. And yeah, so, it's, yeah, it's it's always a good thing. Uh, and as much as I try not to at a live show, mm-hmm. I always fanboy out. Yeah, like before he passed in 2019. Yep. Um, I covered the Rhode Island Comic Con for Outright Geekery. Yep. And for the first time, I finally got to meet Neil Adams. Wow. And he wasn't the grumpy guy that everybody talks about. Yeah. Uh, Probably because we were talking about his favorite subject, himself. Yeah. (laughs) But I was just telling him, you know, what a a huge, uh, you know, what a huge uh, imprint he left on my life with, like, you know, the Batman stuff and then later with the X-Men and, uh, you know. And we we talked, uh, because I got in there, because I was... I had a press pass, so I was in like, because I was in the chair, they let me in like an hour early. Wow. So people were like still setting up. But, you know, I got to meet people from, you know, yeah. just a few years That's back. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and, you know, I got to meet Tom Mandrake, my favorite Spectre wow. artist. Wow. Um, wish I had hit the lottery the day before I could have bought the original art from that big glow in the dark cover oh. he did for the series. Oh, he still you, has you, it. You probably, uh, you probably, you're probably sitting there regretting that one. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. I uh, I got to meet Mike Grell. Yep. Who's a huge influence, um, and I got to I got to meet and, and hang out with Graham Nolan for a while. Oh wow, Graham Nolan! I'm a huge fan of him. And then uh, some dude that looked like he was like at least eight feet tall wore the clap. He was like all like muscle bound out and everything. All right. And he was wearing. A custom version of the Bane costume, the way Chuck, Chuck and and Graham envisioned yeah, it yeah, for, yeah. for that yeah. first for that first book. Oh wow! And once in a while, I get I get him cracking up because uh, I'd be like, "I've got a really rare comic." Wow! Oh, do tell! I go, "I've got a vengeance and Bane that doesn't have yours and Chuck's signature on it." Wow! <laughs> I just that's, to me, it's just that that's that's what it's all about. What, yeah. you're, what you're saying right now, like right now, there's young folks who are experiencing that same kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is I want to make sure some of those young folks are looking at some some of the, the folks here in America. Yeah. You know, they're having that, they're having their, their, their moment, but it's with anime and manga characters mm-hmm. across the seas. And they still can have that. But I want to see, it would be nice to see that kind of enthusiasm and stuff for what's here. Because yeah. the stuff is still good here. You know, my I had I got a conversation with someone and I said, just as an outsider looking at what's going on with the big two, um, it looks to me like what they're doing is very close to what we did in advertising. Now in advertising, I there's many times where I did a lot of cool projects, but some of the ones that weren't that that exciting, I'll say, was doing mailers. Now you know what mailers are, mm-hmm. right? You get them. And I once asked the creative director, I said, I said, wow, I said, why are we doing these mailers? Because people throw them away. And he looked at me and he said, he said, yeah. He said, the client knows that. But he said, in the bigger scheme of things, the cl- we understand, just that the client understands, that we're able, we're able to, to probably spend maybe a hundred thou or something, some six-figure sum. They'll sit, spend six figures on it. And we know that it's going to go out to masses of people. We all we want to do is plant the seed. So a person sees that. You lock that in your mind. Whatever it is, it could be for whatever Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, Burger King, whatever. 
But you lock it, you, you see it, and then you go, oh, okay, I throw it away. But it's, the seed's been planted. So that when they eventually, when they do ads on TV, print, or, you know, the big time, the, those are the big money, big mm. money ones. You're going to have this thing inside your mind, the seed. Now, the reason why I say that, that there's a connection, that I think that there's this weird thing that, that the big guys, Marvel and DC, are doing. I almost feel like the comic books are almost being treated as mailers. And that what they're doing is that there's no sense of, you know, that we're creating something so that the fans will be like, oh, yeah, we really, yeah, I would love and whatever. It's more like, let's just create something, put it out there. We know that this, because it's a given, there's going to be people who are going to buy it. It's whatever. Even the people that grumble, they're going to buy it. We know they exist. They're going to buy it. But the main agenda for what we're doing is creating an IP that has an impact on these people so, so, so much that now we can farm that IP for merchandise, for video games, for TV, and for movies. Yep. Because those are the big money. That's where the real money is. The real solid money is in TV, anim- animation too, I'm sorry, animation, TV, film, video games, and merch. And, and merch is just a massive thing. So, oh, yeah. and I think that's honestly, that's what's happening because the, the schedules of how they're doing stuff, because when we did stuff in advertising, we would be underneath, underneath some tight deadlines. I mean, I could get a call, I don't know, it wouldn't be this, this would be too late, but say like 5 p.m. today, I get a call, be like 5 p.m., hey, Frank, you know, hey, what's going on? Like, yeah, we, we, we got something going on. We need 30 storyboard frames. Um, Spot coloring on it, so don't go create too crazy. Spot color, but we need those um, frames by 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. You got this, right? Yeah, I got this. So that means Frank's not sleeping. That's how yep. I used to be when I was heavy into it. I wasn't sleeping because I was making good money. I know it's going to get some big, a big chunk of money out of this. This is going to be great. I got to bust this out. So almost I feel like that's the kind of mentality that's going on with many of the, the, the writers and the teams at um, these big two. I feel like they're being given these insane... Because I saw, I saw a posting a while ago, a couple of weeks ago, from a, a, an artist who said that they were from Marvel and that they were waiting on a script, three weeks waiting for a script to come in. And their deadline, they were underneath this extreme deadline. So what happens when you got this extreme deadline, you end up getting a late script, now you got to get it out. So of course you're going to have to cheat. Sometimes you're going to have to, you know grab images or whatever and, and tweak them up the best you can mm-hmm. to make it sort of work. So this doesn't seem like there's a lot of like that kind of care. Like, like I, you know, I, we have a production schedule where I can put my time into this, but, I'm, but I don't know if their production times are really dedicated to creating something that's going to be like, yeah, we want the fans to really be like, yeah, we love this or whatever. Some people may enjoy some of it, but a lot of people probably aren't. And yeah, I think that that's um, what they're getting is a mailer. Yeah, I that's I, I think the bottom line since the uh, since the comic book movie and TV shows exploded mm-hmm. is that they're as a corporation they're only putting out the books to keep the IP yeah to, to them and and now they're not doing very good on those. I mean, I mean, let, let's be honest. Let's just cut out all that other stuff and think business because this yep. is what this is all about. Business. That's that's what it's about, yeah. So you get down to the brass tax, man. It's about money. You running a business, 
you're sitting there and you're looking at you're looking at your expense sheets and you're like hmm this made x amount of dollars this made x amount of dollars and i mean x, 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 x amounts of dollars mm-hmm. and then you look at comic books how much are comic books making really i wow. mean they're not making what the movies are making. They're not making what the video no. games. I think people have run out. They'll get the video games faster than they get the comic books. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that all in all, I think they know what they're doing. I know. I just think that they're just not. They're just like, hey, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of it too is like the younger generations. They don't want nothing to do with it if they can't do it on their iPad or their iPhone. Well, that's why that's why webtoons, that's why web comics are a big yeah. seller as well too. So I mean, we're going up against a lot of things that it's like we're doing catch up. So so people like myself, creators like myself in the indie movement and stuff like that, we're doing catch up for all the other stuff. Like we're in there talking about this passion and about all this stuff and whatever, about comics and whatever, but we're going up against this perilous journey. <laughs> Yeah. Against something that's laid out. I mean, you got a generation. It's a big machine, yeah. It's a big machine, and and you got a generation that's just that they're just they grew up on this stuff. Like that's mm-hmm. tough to kind of battle because if somebody grew up on something, and they're just gonna be like, well, that's I grew up on that. I love that. I mean, whatever. I'm, you know, such and such. And and as as we who are t- out there sort of preaching this 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 gospel, we gotta be we gotta also be mindful of that that people we grew up on stuff. You know, I grew up on a certain style of animation and whatever and such. And so it's like it's, if somebody came to me and was telling me, well, you know, I, I, you, that's, that's not good or whatever. I'd be like, no, 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 that was great. I love it. Such and such. So, with, you know, us who are out there sort of talking about our stuff, we got to be mindful of that. And just make sure to let people understand that we're not saying get rid of that. We're just saying just expand your options. Yeah. That's all. It's just it's, expand uh, you your know, options. Indie comics can be described in a famous quote of, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Yes, yes, and I think, and I, I do think that we're starting to see a lot of people that are starting to do some really solid stuff. Oh yeah, and I think that people are starting to get down. The people are really starting to get the the, um, the machine, you know, just getting those bugs out where they're getting stuff out at a, at a reasonable time, mm-hmm. and they're maintaining it and they're getting continuing. So we're starting to see long form long form of storytelling coming back slowly, which is awesome. You know, so I mean, there's a lot of different things that are happening, but I think that we're in for we're in for a, uh, a trip. This is going to be a, a journey. Oh yeah. So patience is that virtue. <laughs> and guess what's back up and running? Oh, it is. Let's see. Right on. <laughs> All right, where are we at? We're okay. at two thousand. All right. We're at two thousand. Yep. Got another thousand to go. Twenty-one more days. You did already get awarded project we love by yeah i didn't even know like matthew matthew did it like we were talking to somebody and matthew was like yeah they just gave us this badge thing i said like, what badge he was like yeah they gave us this thing and he showed i was like dude oh my god man what i was like i i can't even believe that we're on their they're on their, their site so did, uh d- did you blurt out we don't need no stinking badges <laughs> <laughs> hey we take whatever we can i'll be honest with you i think the thing about it about kickstarter is that We've had a great amount of success on Kickstarter. Yeah. You know, so my thing is that we tried Zoop. Um, we learned a lot from the whole Zoop experience. And we've learned that, um, I, 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 well, I, I go back to a little lesson that I learned from somebody when I was trying to play slots at a casino. If the machine is putting out, you stay on that machine. <laughs> if not, you move on. You move on. If it's not doing exactly. If it's not doing it, then, you know, you got to reevaluate you know, and so 
for us, Kickstarter has been a great place for us. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're fine with staying here. I've, uh, I've talked to a few other people that, that tried out Zoop. Yep. Uh, and they didn't, have a, they didn't have a positive reaction. They didn't do well on it. And I guess uh, from, what they, from what they told me, mm-hmm. uh, Zoop was taking a bigger piece of the pie than the other platforms. Well, my, my, my take on it, and this is my, 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 my broad take on Zoop, I think that if you already have an audience, I think that if you've already a like pretty known artist or writer mm-hmm. or team, yeah, you're gonna do very well on there because you're gonna you already have a, a strong fan base that that can that that can be directed right there. And Zoop also does um, fulfillment. You know, they also do so. I can see where the drawer is, where they're like, okay, and I think that's what if if anything, they're taking that extra is coming from that fulfillment stage. Because they yeah. handle that, they'll handle your fulfillment. Um, but I, but one of the things that um, if you don't have a very big audience, then you're going to struggle. Yeah. So that that was the reality check for us. We we you know we're, we're still like we you know we didn't we didn't have a big big audience. I think we're now now that more books are coming out and stuff like that. I think we can slowly start building. Hopefully, with the RPG game coming out. Maybe that expands someone, and, and we get some people that are curious about that. They come into the comic book site, but we'll just wait and see. But, I mean, again, that's the reality. If you don't have an audience or people that, that, that know a little bit about you or whatever, you're going to have a hard, hard time. Yeah. And that can be you, on any you gotta kind get of you got to get out there and yeah. in front of people uh, and, uh, you know, especially, like, you know, in, in Twitter spaces, you got to get out in front of all the other comic book people. Yeah. And, talk, and be passionate about your work. I don't see. I think sometimes people, um, they, they they think that passion means like like a, like a bad car salesman. No, <laughs> you no, know, no, and no. it's not. That's the thing about it. A bad car salesman. You can tell a bad. I, I trust me. I had a used car, and when it's bad, man, it's, it's like somebody. Terrible. It's terrible. It's somebody trying so hard to sell something. Where the thing is, is that you shouldn't be trying that hard. You should just be genuine. You should be genuine about it because you genuinely care about. This thing that you created. Oh, yeah. You know? And so the thing is, is that people can kind of read through that. They can tell whether or not. You know, when I talk about Kajis, I'm also posting about a different, all kind of different things about Kajis and stuff. I post things where about other people's stuff as well. Whereas if it's, if it's affiliated into that realm of what we're doing, sure. You know, I'm happy um, with the genre of Kajis and giant robots getting so much love these days. I mean... We, I'm sure you've heard about the legendary, like they're doing Godzilla and King Kong in DC. Mm-hmm. You've seen yeah. it. I mean, it's it's no coincidence that we're starting to see a lot of this kaiju stuff. Yeah, um, like it was it was way different than what we were used to seeing. Yeah. But I dug that Godzilla cartoon that was on the animated, the two part animated thing that they had on Netflix a couple of years ago. Oh, that one, yeah, the singular point. Yeah, they, I, I I hope you know that Gamera is coming. I think next month. Nice. Yeah, so I'm happy about so 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 definitely for people who are more who are doing kaju related kind of comic books, this is a great time. We're we're, we're right now. We're all part of that massive kind of thing that's going on right now. Godzilla. They're going to have an Apple TV show about the MonsterVerse. Um, I think there's some more King Kong stuff. Then there's Godzilla versus Kong, new movie supposedly coming down next year. So there's a lot of stuff. So we're in a great kind of time right now. And and, and me, I'm trapped in between them. I got the kaijus on one hand, and I got yep. the cryptids on the other. Exactly. I, I think that what's going on with King Cryptid, that's another thing. 
cryptids in my mind, you know, this, 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 people will probably say that there's a difference. I, I still think they're all pretty much the same. It's just different wording. Yeah, well, they're, you know, smaller in statue, stature. Well, well the than... funny thing is that a giant, giant kaiju is normally known as, as, as daikaiju. Yeah. And then I just learned this year that kaijin, kaijin is actually human beings who can transform it, a, a human being, a humanoid, that transform into kaijus. So like the Power Rangers, when they would battle certain things and they're small and then they go big, that mm-hmm. would be a kaijin. And then, of course, kajus. And kajus are technically, they can be small size. So in our book, it's weird because kajus can be giants too. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a weird word. It's one of those words that can mean a bunch of different things because we have kajus that are smaller, but we also have kajus that can be leviathan size. Yeah, I, I, so, I saw I was like, yeah, yeah, that, that guy. Till the end of another campaign. It's coming. Damn it's it. coming. It's coming. And again, it was something where we, um, and, and I'm, I'm very grateful that when I worked in those business elements in film and also in animation and in, in advertising, it taught me to be um, very patient. I used to sit into major meetings. I would see how calm people would sort of be. A lot of communication. Um, people would, you know, shoot ideas and stuff like that. But there was always a sense of like you gotta be in control. You don't let yourself get caught up in emotion, making emotional mm-hmm. kind of decisions, because emotional kind of decisions, that's that's the roll of the dice. Yeah. And now now you're rolling a dice and you don't know what you're gonna hit. If you get lucky, then that's great. But boy, if you're not lucky, <laughs> it's bad. It's that's bad. where the phrase "the house always wins" comes up. Yeah, it's bad because I I've, I've been at casinos, man, and the faces that you see. Ooh, when you know they've lost, I, I've always wondered when you see these sad people, you go, "Wow, what did they? What? Did, how much did they they put in to have a yeah, face um, like that?" Ooh, it's, like, it's, it's sad. I, I used to go to like concerts and stuff at uh, you know Mohegan and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I would bring money to gamble. So I'm like, yep. I go, I'm not gonna buy a drink at yep. the show. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna go and enjoy the show. Sure. And then I'll bring like fifty bucks to gamble. If I lose it, I lose it. Yeah. Uh, if not, technically, that's what it would have cost me to drink for the whole night, exactly. and I get them for free. So you came the, with a plan, at, yeah. You, you came machine, with a plan, you know. Yeah, you came with um, a plan. You know, but you know, it is what it is. And here's some of your yes famous sound effects, <laughs> rumblings. Oh, man, yes, rumble. <laughs> well, I've been looking through a lot of my old books from the Bronze Age and just looking how different people did different styles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm like, I'm going to have fun with this. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not trying to, this isn't about trying to find perfection. This is about the journey. And um, and, and so that's, that's where my head is. I'm having fun. This is definitely, will give you this, the escapism and Every issue has been a fun read. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to go back just even like the color scheme is very, you know, I, you know, I'm all about like, you know, especially when I work in animation, just flat on flat, a little bit of color here and there. And that's it. You know, even the colors back then, you look at the Bronze Age colors, they were very like primary colors. There was just straight, straight on kind of colors and stuff like that. No, no heavy um, sense of blending or anything like that. I mean, I might be a little biased because... I grew, me and my friends grew up where we'd take a break around one o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday from playing ball, 
and we go into one of each other's houses for lunch. Yep. You know, depending on whose mom was home, we either go to my buddy Mike's, inside my buddy Mike's, or inside my house. All right. Our mothers, our respective mothers would make us, you know, sandwiches and chips and nice. pass out the Kool-Aid with way too much sugar in it. <laughs> right on, right on, like, man. <laughs> you want the red stuff or the grape stuff? I want yep. grape. <laughs> Sitting there with a purple mustache, munching potato chips. Oh. Well, we're trying to fine tune on the dial because we used to be the remote controls. Yep, that's right. To get, to get WLPI 56 out of yes. Boston to put on creature yes. double feature. Yes, yes, yes. I remember then those we'd days. Go out and play. We'd sit there. We'd yep. watch at least the first one. Uh, unless we saw it. Every once in a while, they'd repeat them like yep. every week for a couple of weeks. Like, oh, we saw this one last week. And we, were, we, we mount our food and we were like back yeah, out playing or same way or something. same way oh but, yeah that's right you technically same thing i was doing the same thing we'll go bites get my my friends and stuff although if i had chores took care of the chores mm-hmm. handled the chores and stuff got that done had lunch watched the movie and then i'm like my mom would be like get out the house <laughs> go go find friends all right i'm gonna go find my friends and we last head out kids there. yeah like, last few kids yep that's wow. right why would you drink out of a garden hose didn't you have a sink in the house nope <laughs> no, because our moms would lock the doors. Get the hell out. Yeah. Oh, I remember those days drinking from a <laughs> Oh, my God. I remember when they would open the hydrants up and you could, they would blast the water out mm-hmm. from the hydrants. Not safe, but hey, man, you know, those kids loved it. Oh, yeah, in the, in the city, yeah. Yeah, in the city kids, yeah. Because uh, I would I would stay with my cousins once in a while in uh, in Fall River. Yep. And they would do that. They would do that there, too. I yep. used to get so tired hanging out with my cousins there. It's nothing but hills. Oh, fall here. I know big hills too, not little that, hills. Yeah, that's why. I used to, that's why I used to be skinny. Used, used to be because walking up and down hills, you know. Oh man! My mother walked up uphill both ways to school oh. in snow. She's oh man, what a nightmare too in the winter there. Oh, oh god, yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, so there you there you go. That's a bigger rumble right there. Yes. It takes up the whole page. <laughs> and it's funny, when I, look, when I look at it again, it's one of those things where, you know, each book I look at and I go, what new I can do differently, you know? But, but I'm happy. I'm happy how each, each one is because I'm like, it tells a story. I want it to be like, by the end, you see the little subtle changes in the artwork because I'm, I'm fine-tuning things here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so important to me because I think that's how the old artists were. You know, yeah. they, they would start from one point, and you, you see how the artwork looked, and you go, oh, wow, wait, look at that. And, and then it just starts, you see the little subtle changes. You're like, oh, wow, he just added this new little thing in there. That's pretty interesting. All kinds of sounds going on. Yes, which is important, because yeah. that's how they used to be in the book. In the old Bronze Age comics, you had sound effects all over the place. Yep. It's just something to just bring people into this. Like, you know, again, bring them closer in. Don't try to push him far away, you know. That truck looks like a big giant potato bug. Yes. <laughs> oh, the war wagon. The war wagon. Oh yep. man. And again, I drew. I drew like a uh, when I did the character design and stuff. What I did like a, a schematic of it and stuff, and what's inside of it, how big it is. And then you got some. Oh. And then there you go. There's See, Matthew. Matthew's here. Matthew's there. Yep, that's right. And then there I go with my purple shirt. There you go. And then we got the awards. 
I have both those patches. Oh, did you? You didn't play the video, did you? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Maybe I wanted can... to get through this in case they were sure. bringing it back down again. Sure, not a problem. And we, got the, we got the stickers. Yep, I got all that stuff right in front of me. <laughs> and then we got then we got the book one. And book two. And then that's the poster that we're going to be printed. We're going to be offering. Just a big example of the uh, tweaked up a little bit more. And then of course card commissions, which I always tell people, hey man, this is the one way for you to get some some of my artwork. And I and I pretty much draw. I've had people, you know, they contact me. I've drawn Godzilla in a cowboy outfit as Clint Eastwood. So I will draw different characters as well. Although it is nice when I get the chance to draw our own character, but. I will draw whatever character you want. And then that's the variant cover. Um, technically, that's part of our video. Daniel Mead is another buddy of mine who, um, he actually did a Robot God Akamatsu uh, short CGI video, which was amazing. And then he came to me and he said, look, he's like, I like what you're doing. <laughs> so again, it's one of those things where he just said, hey, I, I want to do a short video. Awesome. And so we decided to give him the variant cover. And then that's Thomas Perkins. And Thomas Perkins is 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 uh, the big deal. He's a guy who worked on Ben Ten. He worked on oh he worked on a lot of stuff, a lot of animated shows. Uh, Godzilla, the, the the Godzilla show that came out in the nineties. Um, Turtle, just, Spectacular Spider Man. Yep. Yeah, he worked on a bunch of stuff. So again, he's somebody else who um, you know um, we've been talking. So I'm, I'm I'm working on him trying to do a variant cover for for next year. And there, there we go is. into yes, there you go. And there you go, the the statue. And I mean, I'm I'm really, you know, I'm really hoping that we get some more people to to, to, to pull the trigger on this because again, this is this character stands eight inches tall, um, on the base has a base with him. You don't see the base there. Uh, it's definitely a character who you know we want people to paint. You know, we again suggest that um, well well uh, the person who who actually. Uh, did the, the, the sculpture for this character, the design of this character, excuse me, um, suggested acrylic or something like that. So, you know, you, you again, you, if, if you're somebody who is familiar with resin and stuff like that, then, you know, just be careful. But again, we want people to sort of, you know, have fun with it. And don't be, be dismayed because you have to put at least two coats of acrylic on. Exactly, exactly. There you there go, there you go with the base, base. yeah. Not bad. I mean, I, I can't believe this is our fourth campaign. And at our fourth campaign, we, we actually have a figure. That's awesome. I mean, it's just, it is. It's, I, you know, I got to pinch myself. I'm like sitting here looking at this character. And then this, this is a small video right here. You can see a nice little turnaround that you could probably hit and play. That, um, yeah, just a turnaround of it. Uh, and, and actually, uh, Dope Pope did this. nice so hopefully again if we get more people that are interested in it then we can do some more kajus and stuff and then this is a title card art that's one side of it that i did which i will sign i'm going to sign as well and then there you go and the other side is the the schematic yes it is so let's jump up and play the video all right.
I mean, when he did that, I'm just going to tell you, I was like, dude. Like, he was showing me, like, he was sending me, like, some of the tests for, like, that kaiju. I mean, even, like, you look at the design of the, um, that's a wolf kaiju. Like, we don't, you know, and that, the design is crazy. It's almost like you think of Jack Kirby. Like, if somebody could take a Jack Kirby character and then CGI it. And he did it. He made it work. Where the character looks just so weird and bizarre. And I was like, oh, my. I was like, dude. I was like, wow. And so that would probably, most likely, we would do that character probably as the next one, next figure. Yeah. So that would be kind of cool. Because it was a toss-up between his steed, which is the one with the horns, the big giant one he rides, or, you know, do the, do the wolf. And I think the wolf would be really cool. I, I was half of... expecting him to throw a box of Tic Tacs in the, in the Kaiju's mouth. <laughs> not yet not yet but it's a good you idea think, son. it's a good idea but i mean i just i just love that sense of um you see the symbol that yeah. pops up in the sky and that's from the father mind um who's high above in the satellite the ark and then he's giving a message and all of a sudden he's like you know then all of a sudden he turns around and it's like Rawr! like oh man the hunter being hunted cool so we have all these uh nifty tears uh yep. The Kaiju feed, uh, yep. only we $5 have, will yep, get you we, the, the new uh, PDF. Yep. Deputy, you get your copy of issue three. Yep. We also, have the, we also have the general store. I think you passed the general store. I think that was the very first one, maybe. Oh, there it is. Yeah, the general store is where you can go to. Just You just pay a dollar, but then you can, you're able to go into the add-ons, and the add-ons allow you to put an order in for, say, like for other stuff. You know, like the the the, uh, ah, the patches and things like yeah. that. Yeah. So for the, there for you the go. custom things, yeah. Exactly. And that's always good. Uh, people started doing that not too long ago because they 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 would add stuff on further in. Exactly. But unless they back something, so they'd have to back the book again to be able to get in there. Yep. Uh, so people started leaving, you know, like dollar the dollar chair open, so it works as a well, tip. Well, yeah, we've been, I've been, we've been watching and just watching how other people have been doing things. But also, we had a couple of talks where we were just like, we wanted to make it streamlined. We, we wanted to make our um, campaign so that people could just go right through it and not get confused and not get, you know, hit them with so much stuff where it's like too much, mm-hmm. you know, too much overload. So, you know, we're, we're feeling good on how this is, is structured out, how it looks and everything like that. And, yeah, you know, it's always little tweaks here and there. It's constant. So you can do that if you want to get back into the, if you want to get into the back room. Yeah, there you go. Uh, $25, the Kaiju Rodeo. Yep. We'll get you a bundle of all three books. Yes. If you haven't gotten on the on board the Kaiju and Cowboy train yet. Yes. Uh, you can jump on the Rodeo. You won't have to buck a Bronco or a Kaiju. Uh, you just have to pony up that $25, which is going to save you $5 off the books bought individually. Ah, there you go. Three books. bundle. Yep. Physical copies of one, two, and three, and a blank variant of number three. And a blank variant, and here you go. This is a blank variant. And, uh... And you, yeah, you would get that, and so... Again, for our writers out there, that's what we call them, our writers. Um, we want to see you draw some art. 
You know, ideally we want you to be able to, you know, draw the Kajis and Cowboys characters, but hey, if you feel the, the itch, you can draw Godzilla, you can draw whoever you want, but we would love to see people draw and then post it so that we can tag you in it and share it, you know, so that's a chance for you to be able to draw, draw your own stuff on there. Or you could even uh, draw Bugs Bunny as Botwin. You sure could. <laughs> sure could. I would love to see that. I mean, that's one of the best things ever to see people engaging, drawing a character. It's great. And the rancher is 60. Yes. And that's to uh, get the books autographed. Yep. Roundup bundle is 65. And. Oh, that's got the special. Uh, the the crosscut print. Yeah. Yes. From Dan Mead. Uh, the tracker is 75. Yep. And I believe that's what we're going into the commissions. Yeah, yep. that should be. Yep, that's a commission for the sketch card. Yep. So. That's a two and a half by three and a half sketch card. There you go, right here. With custom drawings. There you go. Let's see if you guys can see it. Oh, the light's so bright. There you go. Much better. So this is what the sketch card looks like on the back. Why are you so bright? Oh, there you go. So that's on the back of it. Sorry, folks. And then right on the front. So it's a lot of open space for me. I've done yep. a ton of these. So there you go. And I got a, I got a kick out of the fact that uh, I got two of the two of the trading cards that you you guys put in the bundle. Nice. And and you signed all the trading cards. Yes. And I'm like, that's cool. There you go. I mean, you know, come on. That's just like that's just like a happy place moment, you know. Yeah, it's like I dude took that. the time to sign the trading cards yes, that they yes. printed up for the campaign. Yes. Now the bounty hunter. All right. A couple of people who grabbed onto this. Yes. And I think that's is that the sketch cover. Uh. Yes, this is the cover. Yes, commission. That's a, yeah, that's that. So that again, it's only one side. It's one side, but you know, sketch cover. I, I drew on the last April campaign. I was doing a bunch of commissions. I was I was shocked how many people jumped on the sketch covers, and I got to draw some people their own personal characters on it and stuff like that. Filled filled it up and stuff like that. So definitely something to jump on if you if you want to have original um, artwork for me, and um, you know if you want me to draw your character or you I can draw characters from our our, our book or whoever. By all means. And Robo Giant is the figure. That's the big one. That's that's the real big one. So this is you got the figure right here. It is real. This is not make believe. <laughs> this is so, live. It isn't Memorex. Yep, this is live. This is how the figure looks. Let me see if I can get the base up. There you go. Pull the base up there. As you can see. So that's the base. Go. Nice. There's only two more of those left. Two more? Do I? Somebody else went for it? No, um, no, no. It actually should. It's 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 unlimited. It should be unlimited. Oh, it's unlimited. Oh, yeah. It's it's technically figures. Think of print on a, on demand. We we go by the orders. So so if, so if people you know order like say ten people order, then we'll have ten orders. Then we can you know once the campaign's over. We can send those orders off to the um, to the manufacturer, to the person that makes these. 
see, that was my mistake. Cause I, I looked and I saw one backer and yeah. then I saw a bunch of threes. I go, Oh, they're only making a limited number of these. No, I'm like, no, no, it's not I'm wrong. It's, it's happened before. It'll yeah. happen again. Ah, not a problem. Not a problem. It's, it's technically print on demand, you know, again, um, on demand, who, who wants these figures? And then that's the, the big, big one where it's like, you get a sketch card. I think Matthew writes something. Uh, yeah, the Titan is 350. Uh, World will stand in wonder as they gaze upon your gifts, for truly you are the greatest amongst the writers. Oh, Matthew. This is where you get the <laughs> figures, custom artwork, and a personalized thank you from Kaiju's and Cowboys team. Yeah. There you go. Easy peasy. Look at that. Very nice. Easy peasy. It looks nice. I'm, oh, I'm very proud of that. It's like we've, we've come a long way, and we're still, you know, there's always ways that you tweak things. We're always learning new things here and there, but I'm very happy how this, this one came out. This campaign is, is an accumulation of a lot of different other campaigns. And, um, oh, yeah. And so I feel really good about it. It's a lot of fun, and uh, we went way longer than we say because, like I said, we get to talk, and next thing you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know, I, yeah, I'm losing my voice too. I can hear it. It's like cracking. Like, so oh, no. we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for coming and hanging out Not way past problem. your bedtime. Oh. I know. I got to goggle some ice or something. Oh, <laughs> man, I can feel it too. Oh. But it's, it's great. It's, it's for a good cause. It's for a good oh. cause. <laughs> so go check it out. The, uh, the link for the Kickstarter is in the live chat. It's also in the description. Um, if you are hearing this on the podcast, if you scroll down to the description in the podcast and click see more uh it'll open up so you can just click on the link right from there maybe it'll some much yeah maybe the description yeah. on minds rumble odyssey all the podcast platforms and of course youtube look at those dreadlocks oh yeah look at the back of the jacket Look at that. Look at that detail. Yeah, it's going to be fun painting those dreadlocks, huh? <laughs> oh, man. With the little, I know. If it, well, if somebody was to paint it exactly how he is, oh, man, he has like the little uh, connectors on the bottom. I don't know if they put the connect. Well, see, one of the things about it, the criteria that I love is that I told Dope Pope, I said, Dope Pope, I, I did the, the turnarounds. I drew the turnarounds and I sent them to him and I said, This is the turnarounds from, for B Win. But I said, I want you to give your own take. Because that's that to me. I've seen various artists do that, and um, like certain uh, toys, like ramen toys. I have the Monstar, that doesn't look like the Monstar from the cartoon. It's like their take on Monstar, and it's mm -hmm. beautiful. It's absolutely stunning, and so I kind of want. I wanted an artist who, you know, he looks at it and then he adds his own, you know, flavor to it. I mean, look at that. The wrinkling. In it, in in the way that the the um the way his uh, oh my god the duster. Yeah. Is and stuff like that. Oh, I mean, it's absolutely stunning. You get the rivets inside on the face. The chin is nice and elongated. I love this. And I mean, I'm just looking at it. I'm going to be using this guy as like my own sort of model to mm -hmm. work from. I mean, it's just perfect because there's certain times when, you know, I want to see how the hat, you know, it's, the way I designed this hat, it's got that long kind of anime kind of look to it. And mm -hmm. so I want to be able to get like, like, how's that look from the top view, you know? looking yeah. down you know whatever so this is great for myself and if anybody makes custom cosplay stuff frankie would lo love his own b-win hat 
Yes, yes, I like this. I'll, I'll admit, like, if it could just glow green, oh, I would bust that. I got a big head, too, by the way, with the dreadlocks. So, definitely, uh, <laughs> I guess in the size measure, but yeah, that would be amazing. I keep talking to my wife. I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, Jess, I'm like, it'd be kind of cool. I'm down the line, though. Again, this is like, we, we got to be at a much financially better place. But mm-hmm. I would love to, I would literally get a custom hat done. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. If I had the extra money for it, I'd be like, yeah, custom hat, light up. I'd bust that at cons with the, the thing on the top. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I'll rock that. And Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Washington is just thinking to herself, don't push your luck. You already got a toy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she. You know what? I have to say, she, she's totally behind all of this. She said, she said, Frank, she said, you know, she said, you, you, I know what kind of man you are, and I know that you're passionate and stuff like that. She said, I just... You know, she said, she said, I, you know, I feel good about it. She said, as long as you feel good about it, I feel good about it. Just keep going. I mean, what else can you ask for, man? That, yeah. that in itself is like, boom. I ain't stopping, man. I'm not stopping. And, and again, I want to just thank the writers out there because we need you. I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. We need you to help us. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and yes, help Codgers and Cowboys. But then also there's other indie comic books out there, too. You know, they need your help as well. Yeah. So, again, if you truly want to make change, if that's what everybody's talking about, they want to see change, then we all going to have to invest into it as well. And invest in good, solid stuff and hold us accountable. You know, if, 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 the, if you feel like the book isn't that good or whatever and such and such, then, you know, hey, we all got to get some thick skin. You know, get some thick skin about it and stuff like that so we all can learn, so we can do better. And, and, and then we can keep this thing going. And hopefully the dream that Stan Lee and, and Jack Kirby and all those others, the uh, giants uh, laid out, um, can actually continue. Yeah. I mean, that's the place where I'm looking at. I want to see this continue. You know, when I'm an old, old man, I'm going to be like, yeah, them kids out there doing it. You know, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be like that with just white, white dreadlocks. I'm like, boy, they're just, man, they're drawing around, man. Like, they literally they have that nice gravel, boy, uh, and they just go, I'm done. They're like, I'm done. I can go now. <laughs> Wheezy, take me home. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I got to get to bed. <laughs> All right. Frankie, thanks so much for coming on and talking Thank to us you about so everything. Much, you rock, man. You rock. Thank you so much, always, man. A, always a good time. And we'll get this uh, downloaded and shared out everywhere. Right we'll on. tag in a couple of the extras. and uh, Awesome. Keep that art flowing. Oh, they, oh, you bust me to it. That's right. <laughs> keep the art flowing and the creativity strong. Take care, everybody. Have a good night. We'll see you next time. Have a good night. Yep, next time.